Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2, and we'll be looking uh, in verses, uh, or chapter 2, 1 through 14. It says, And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elijah said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. In fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. Be seated. So, as many of you guys know, um, I really enjoy the outdoors. I like hiking. I like camping. I like hunting and fishing. Um, I like to go on walks. I like all of that. Uh, but the reason why I do is because uh, when I was a kid, my, my dad would take me hunting and, and fishing, and we'd go uh, camping a lot. And uh, I lived 
on a, at a house that had a pond and had, I think, 20 acres of woods. But uh, one specific memory I have when I was little is I remember I wanted to, to sit with my dad uh, when he went deer hunting in the tree. And to do that, I had to grow up first. And, th and there's two main reasons for that. Number one, uh, I was a talker, and I like to move a lot. So both of those can't happen if you're gonna, if you're gonna hunt deer. And the other reason is, is my dad uh, drilled some two by fours into the tree uh, to step up, and he, the, the two by fours were too far um, apart, and so I couldn't even reach them. So he had to lift me up, and he couldn't you know, lift up his gear and the rifle and me all at the same time. So I had to wait a little bit. I had to wait so I could step up. I had to grow up so I could step up. And, and as Christians today, we're going to look at a character, uh, Elisha, and how he stepped up spiritually. And we can step up spiritually in four different areas. And the four areas are that we must submit to someone more mature than us. We need to be faithful. We need to be ambitious for God to use us. And we need to remember and have faith in the God of the past. So let me say that again. We must submit to someone more mature, be faithful, be ambitious for God to use us, and have faith in the God of the past. Uh, before we get started with the end of Elisha's ministry, I think we should go back to Elisha's first calling in 1 Kings uh, 19, uh, 19 through 20. And I'm going to start off by saying... Uh, in, in reading verse uh, 16. And this is God telling Elijah. It says, Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Manoah, and you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So the first step to being more mature as a Christian is to submit to someone more mature. We see that Elijah, um, God told Elijah to call Elisha. And, and my question for us is, are we constantly looking for that in our life? Are we constantly looking for God's call in our lives? Are we, are we sensitive to the voice of God? Are we living a life in which God could call us to leadership? Are, are we living a life where, where God could look at us and say, you know, I want him because he follows me, because he trusts me? Also, uh, in verse 19, it says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelve. Then Elisha passed by him, and threw his mantle on him. I find it interesting that right at the beginning of Elisha's ministry also symbolizes the beginning of him taking over for Elijah. It says it threw his mantle on him. As disciples of Christ, are we taking up Christ's mantle? Um, a big comparison I see between this story 
in the story of the New Testament is Christ ascending and Christ um, charging his disciples to uh, take on that responsibility. Um, another thing I think of is Philippians 3, uh, 12 through 16. It says, I press toward the goal. This is Paul uh, talking to the Philippian church. And he says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal God will reveal this to you, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. I like how he says, we who are mature will have this mind. And, and that is, is where it is important to be mature, to, to strive to be better, to look for someone who can teach, someone who can mentor you to do that. Another thing I found interesting is when Elisha was called, he ran to Elijah. It says in verse 20, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again. What have I done to you? Sometimes I find myself running to the wrong things. I don't run to advice or, or run to God, but sometimes I run to to get away from the problem when problems come. My question for us is, what do we run to when God gives us a burden or a call to service? Um, just thinking about evangelism and sharing the gospel, sometimes it's, it's really easy to just say, ah, that's uncomfortable, I don't want to offend them, or I don't want to engage in that conversation. But I find that spiritually mature Christians um, run to God, run to share the good news to people. Uh, a good way to uh, put this into perspective is uh, I once had a, a dog before moving to Utah, and he was a, a lab, and he had a lot of energy, like a ton. And uh, he liked to run a lot. But when he was younger, I had to teach him not to run to just random people and, and jump on them. It was <laughs> really hard. But I remember he would see someone, and he would run halfway. He'd stop, and he'd look at me, who was calling at him, and then he'd look at the person walking. And most of the time, he would run to the person that was walking. And it, it drove me crazy. But when my dog got more mature, when he got older, he realized that if he comes to me, he's going to get you know a, a pet, or I'm going to you know throw a ball for him or something. And I find that so true with us and God. If we decide to run to God, he will uh, bless us. He will show us what he wants. And, and it's a sign of maturity. Another good advice is to find a mentor that questions your heart motive behind what you're doing. I see Elijah saying, uh, go back again, for what have I done to you? He, he's getting Elisha to say, what, what does it mean? To follow me? What does it mean to follow God? Um, a good mentor will make sure that you're serving God for the right reason. Uh, I remember when I first uh, moved out to Utah and started working with Patrick, uh, one question that he asked me is, why do you want to 
be a church planner? Why do you want to be a pastor? And it really caused me to, to examine my heart, to look at, okay, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for fame? Am I doing this because it would sound cool? Am I doing it for the adventure? You know, what am I doing it for? And, and that's, that's what we should look for when we look for someone to mentor us, someone to challenge us, someone to look at our heart motives, someone to make us realize the cost of what we're doing. I think Christ laid that out the best in Luke 14 when he uh, told, up, told his disciples and his followers that if you want to follow me, you have to bear your cross. And, and he, he goes to explain that it's important to count the cost. It's necessary because if you don't, then you're going to look pretty silly when it's like a builder who builds a tower and doesn't have the materials to finish it. And I think that's what we need to do is see, uh, is examine ourselves, and not look at our own abilities, but look at God's ability to finish it. Taking steps to being mature has a great cost. I think of uh, climbing a tree. So uh, my one friend in high school, uh, we would climb trees all the time and try and make tree forts and all sorts of cool stuff like that. But he used to just take sticks and nail them to the tree, right? And, and use them as step ladders. Well, the problem with that is if, if, you're, if what you're stepping onto isn't trustworthy, you're going to fall. And I had to figure that one out the hard way. <laughs> and, and the same goes for our Christian walk. We need to have faith when we're taking steps to maturity. We need to be able to trust in God when we do that. And that brings us to the second step, which is faithfulness. We need to have faithfulness. And this goes back uh, to verse um, 2 and 2, where Elijah um, tests Elisha. He, he tests Elijah to see, okay, is he going to be with me to the end? Is he going to be with me till, till I get um, taken up to God? Um, he tests him three times. And I think when we mature, when we take that step, God is going to test us as well. Um, one of the ways God tests us is through trials. Uh, you can see um, God testing Elisha through trials here uh, because we know that Elisha knows that Elijah is, is going away. We know that. Um, in verse 3, it says, Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. The reason why he said to keep silent is because he is really struggling with his master leaving him. He's really struggling with the fact that, okay, Elijah is the guy, the guy, to help Israel be spiritual, and now he's leaving. And I think those three, Elijah was testing Elisha with those three, three times, those three times of saying, hey, Stay here. You don't have to go with me. It's going to hurt you more if you go with me. And Elisha 
being am, ambitious, said, I, I want to be with you. I want to, to get as much information from you as I can. I want to see God complete his work in your life. And I think that's important for us to do too. A uh, good verse that from the New Testament that reminds me of this is James 1, 2 through 4. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I find that testing brings maturity. Trials bring maturity. Uh, I remember last year uh, when one of my best friends died in a car accident. It, it really, at first I questioned God. I said, God, why did this happen? But eventually it, it brought out maturity in me. Um, I got an opportunity to witness to his family, which is mostly unsaved because of that. And, and I found that like it's, it's given me more peace when hard things come. It's, it's perfecting my patience, my faith in God. Elisha was faithful when he was asked three times to not come with Elijah because he wanted to see God's promises play out. He wanted to see God complete his work. And I think that's so cool um, that he, that was his reasoning. A mature believer is ready to be a leader and see God's promises play out, to see God's faithfulness firsthand. Uh, just the other week, I remember reading a passage in Matthew 21, 22. Uh, it, it says, And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Uh, last week, I was having trouble um, just with me being in Utah. I wondered, you know, God, do you really want me in Utah? Do you really want me um, working as a church planner here? Do you really want me to be here? And I remember asking God in faith, saying, okay, God, show me. And he did. There was a, a, a Mormon person that I, that I talked to that really was struggling and really having a hard time, was really looking for answers. And it made me think, you know, God has done so much in my life. I would love to share with them the, the God I know, the, the God that that is in my life, the God that carried me through so many hard times. And it reaffirmed my calling to, to church plant. And I find that when we ask in faith, God answers. Um, one thing one of my professors would always say is, uh, God, God orders what he pays for. Or no, God pays for what he orders. There we go. And that's so true, though. Like, sometimes we look at things and we think, there's no way. But a mature believer says, with God, there's a way. Amen. After Elijah refused to leave Elijah and see God complete his promise, Elijah rewarded him by asking him what, Eli what Elisha wanted. Elijah's, Elijah, ugh, 
I'm going I'm to get these mixed up. <laughs> Elisha, Elisha was ambitious and wanted a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And I think the third step of being mature spiritually is being ambitious for God to use us. Third step is to be ambitious for God to use us. Ambition is defined as a strong desire to do or achieve something typically requiring determination and hard work. Elisha was, was, had a strong desire to be used of God more than anything. Um, we just sang a song about that, about um, wanting God more than anything, wanting God more than anything this world can give. Uh, I think the best example of this that, that I've found in Scripture is in Hebrews 11, 23 through 26. It says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the... greater esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. And as Christians, it is important to have that mindset, to want to be used of God, to want to, to understand God. Uh, Paul, Paul makes this clear in Philippians when he talks about wanting to understand the resurrection of Christ, wanting to understand the sufferings of Christ. Um, this passage convicts me every time I read it because most of the time I'm not even willing to give a few minutes to wash some dishes for my roommates, let alone give up the treasures of Egypt to serve God. <laughs> so that is just a, a good reminder of, of the type of spirit we should have the type of desire we should have. Also, Elijah told Elisha he could have anything. Anything. He said, what can I give you? And instead of choosing something physical or um, something that you know would, would help him, something maybe even uh, money or, or a chariot or something, he said spiritual. He wanted spiritual. And he wanted the spirit of Elijah. And it, it's interesting that Elijah, the mentor, and uh, Elisha, the successor, both knew that these things came from God. They both recognized that if, if you're going to do anything spiritual or serve God in any way, you're going to have to ask God for it. And we need to recognize that. A lot of times I can do ministry but not do ministry for God and do ministry for myself. How many times do we as believers understand that, especially as leaders? I think the sayings of Christ in Matthew 16, where he talks about what, profits, what profit is it if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul. Patrick talked about that a little bit. What profit is it to us if we gain everything but lose um, lose serving God, lose glorifying Him, 
That's why we're created. We're created to glorify God. Moses and Elijah showed God's power in the past. When Elisha saw Elijah vanish in, in verse 12, he said an interesting phrase. He said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. This phrase was interesting to me because it didn't really make any sense. I looked at it and I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> that, you know, what, what does that have to do with anything? I, I guess there was a chariot of, of fire, so maybe that's what he was talking about. But when I did more study into this, I realized that what, Elijah, what Elisha was saying is that he was saying the father or the, the, the chariot of Israel is leaving. He's saying the protector, the provider, the defender spiritually is now leaving. Uh, very similar to how um, in Judges, they had a judge. They had one guy that would keep Israel on track spiritually. And Elijah's looking at this and he's thinking, great, I live in a wicked nation and now the protector, the defender, the the one that's keeping Israel on track spiritually is leaving. And that's, that's what I think causes him to rip his robes, to, to be in sorrow, to be in grief. And I find, I find a lot of similarity to, to our culture here. I find sometimes when we think, you know, when, when a great leader passes away or, or moves to a different place or, um, you know, changes changes where they are, we think, oh no, what are we going to do? What are, what, where are we going to go? And I think this is a time where we could step up. He was in a very dark time. When Elijah left Elisha, Elisha struggled to see the plan of God. When we struggle to see the God of the present, we need to just look at the God of the past. A mature Christian trusts in the God of the past. The fourth and final step of a mature Christian is to trust in the God of the past. The fourth and final step of a mature Christian is to trust in the God of the past, the God of Elijah. It's interesting that they crossed the Jordan. Uh, it, this was not the first time the Jordan was split. This is actually the second time. Uh, the, the crossing of the Jordan, the Israelites actually did that back in Joshua. And the interesting thing is that the Israelites were commanded to make an altar to remember who God was when they crossed the Jordan. And here we have Elisha in verse 14 saying, Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And then when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. We see that Elisha is calling back on the God of Elijah. One way I remember God's working in my life is I keep a journal. Uh, I keep a little black journal of hard times in my life. And then I write how God 
has faithfully helped me through it. And that, that really shows me, when, when, because there will be times of suffering, and then I can look at that and think, wow, this is the God that helped me with this thing back here. He can help me with this thing happening now. And it's a good reminder. Um, it's interesting because I did a little study on um, verse 14, and some translations say that Elisha struck the water once, and other translations say that he struck it multiple times. Some translations say that he struck it once, and then it didn't work, and that's when he called on God. And I just found that interesting uh, because so many times, sometimes we, we try something that God wants us to do, but we don't do it with, with asking God. And you see Elijah doing that, saying, where is the God of Elijah? When hard times come, the best thing to help us carry on as mature Christians is the gospel. Uh, whenever I lose focus on God, the first thing that, that gives me strength, the first thing that encourages me is remembering that God saved me. That without God, I, would be, I wouldn't have a relationship with him. I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't have a purpose. Um, that, that the God that, that deals with my suffering today is the God that died for me 2,000 years ago. It's the same God. Uh, and all I have to do is, is have that same trust that I had that saved me in, in whatever uh, situation I'm going through. A strong tree keeps its root in the water. Um, when I lived in Nebraska and Wyoming, there was practically no trees. It was just flat. But every once in a while, you'd see a group of trees, or you would see... Um, you know, one or two trees. And I find it interesting that the reason why there were trees is because they were planted next to a creek or a river and their roots were in the water. And I think of, of North Valley as a group of trees, as a group of trees that people see at a flat plain and they can look and, and see, I wonder what keeps them standing. I wonder what keeps them going. And the thing is, is a strong tree keeps its root in the water, just like a strong Christian keeps its roots in the, in the gospel. And, and that is where we need to keep our motivation. It's another thing about this passage is that Elisha, when he died, the, the king at the time said the same phrase. Uh, it's in ver it's in Second Kings thirteen, uh, It says Elijah had become sick, or Elisha had become sick, with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, "O oh my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen." I see. God rewarding Elijah's faith. I see God rewarding him because now there's a king later 
that has that same remark, that same remark of, oh no, we're losing a spiritual leader. If we want to live mature lives like Elijah, we have to step up. We have to step up by finding someone more mature to mentor us, by being faithful, by trusting in the God of the past, and by being anxious for God to use us, being ambitious. When I was a teenager, there was something I hated a lot. It was when my mom would go to the store and she would buy me and my dad the same shirt. <laughs> Drove me nuts. <laughs> and I remember a couple times in particular, me and my dad would accidentally wear the same shirt going to church. <laughs> and I got teased relentlessly by my friends and by, you know, so many people. And I thought, oh, this is so uncomfortable. This is so uncool. You know, I'm wearing my dad's tacky, tacky collared shirt or whatever. And as uncomfortable as that was, the thing is, is I looked like my dad. Like, people looked at me and they thought, oh, he looks like his dad. You know, they, they said it as a joke. But the fact is, is we need to, we need to take the mantle of, of Christ. We need to take the mantle of of, of God, when, when, when Christ ascended and, and left his, his ministry behind to the twelve, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples. That's not just for his twelve disciples, that's for all of us. And even though it's uncomfortable and even unpopular to be a leader, to be a mature Christian, it's necessary if we want other people to see who Christ is. It's necessary for other people to know who God is. Uh, we need to do that. We need to take the mantle. Are we willing to stand? Are we willing to take the burden of Christ to, to show people who he is? Are we willing to take up that cross? I remember uh, when I was first asked to pastor in Wyoming, uh, or help pastor in Wyoming. I felt very unworthy, very terrified. I questioned God a lot. I'm like, God, are you sure? You know, this is the kid who got D's in speech class. Are you sure you want me to be preaching? And uh, I remember that. I remember it like, like yesterday. And the funny part is, is that same church is one, it's one of the main churches that supports me in Utah and doing this apprenticeship. Main churches that people will come to me and say, hey, how are you doing? I've been praying for you. If you had asked me if I would be a team leader uh, of, a, of a church planning team five years ago, I would ask you if you hit your head before asking me that question. I'd be, I'd be thinking, yeah, this guy's crazy. But it all started because in 11th grade, I remember having this burden to see people know who God is. And I remember deciding to go forward to the altar and, and give my life to Christ, to look for someone to mentor me, to look for someone to teach me. That's why I went to Bible school. And I still got a lot of work before I even remotely close to where I think God could use me. But we need to have that same attitude. We need to 
be seeking to step up as Christians because that's what's going to make a difference. And that's where people are going to look, just like it did in Elisha's life when, you know, 30 years down the road, you have a king, a wicked king, coming to Elisha and saying, you're a man of God. You're the guy that um, intercedes spiritually for Israel. And I hope that all of us can have that same same uh, reputation at the end of our lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Um, I thank you for becoming the God-man and coming in, into our sin-cursed world and stepping up and showing us how to lead, showing us how to uh, walk the path of a spiritual leader. Thank you for the times there you wiped wipe the disciples' feet and showed us how to, how to serve. Um, I ask that you be with us this week, that we would take the mantle, that we would take the opportunity to step up, that we would uh, seek mentorship, that we would talk to uh, Patrick about how we can better uh, our spiritual lives. I thank you for being the God of the Bible, the God of the present, the past, and the future, uh, the God of the living, Lord. And I ask that we serve you through everything we do. And in your name.